If you guys got a Bible, open up to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Um, we're going to be finishing Philippians. I'm a little sad that uh, I've been loving it going through Philippians here, and uh, it's been a blessing. But um, Philippians chapter 4. Last week we saw that there's joy in giving all of our cares, all of our concerns uh, over to the Lord in prayer because he, he cares for us. And, and don't worry about anything, but pray about everything and cast your cares upon him for he cares for us. And we saw that the results of that was peace that Paul uh, says that surpasses all understanding uh, and it guards our hearts and it guards our, our minds in Christ Jesus. And we saw that tr- this true peace Peace is is based on our future glory, if you will, that we're going to have our glorious bodies uh, because of Christ Jesus, right? Not because of the things that we've done, uh, but rather for what He's done. Uh, he's gonna He's giving us a, a brand new body to have in in heaven. So uh, rest, we rest assured, knowing that we're going to have. Um, you know, we're going to be with Jesus. We're going to see him face to face, and that's reward enough, you know. And, and we saw that this peace is also rooted in Jesus Christ himself, the person and who he is. So peace is not based on our outward circumstances and situations, uh, but on the person and the work of Jesus Christ and who he is. So um, let's read uh, verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished. Again, so again they've done it, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. But not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. And I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. And now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. And so they were the, they were the only ones. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound, and I am full, uh, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And uh, then he goes on, P.S., right? Uh, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you, all the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen? All right. We're done. That's it. Uh, but yeah, so we looked at joy in, in giving our conflict to the Lord. And, and now we're going to see joy in giving, giving basically our things to others. Right? Yeah. It's going to be a great study, guys. By the way, if you're the first, you know, time coming here, uh, we're Calvary Chapel. So we don't really talk about giving, right? I've been to churches where in California where they, we, they literally pass the plate like five or six times. And I was like, seriously? And they didn't even read the Bible. They just kept talking and talking. And there's like emotional stories. And then, so we're going to give again. And I was like, really? So Calvary Chapel, we don't really do that, right? We, we, uh, we trust in the Lord. And, and if God provides, then he'll guide. You know, wherever God's guiding, he'll provide. And um, if God's not doing it, then we shouldn't do it either. You know, if God's not in it. We want to see the Lord be glorified. Lord. It's, it's his church, right? If the Lord's not doing it, then what are we doing? <laughs> so, so we don't, we don't um, teach and stress giving and, and, uh, and all of that stuff. So if you're here today and you hear me say something about giving, uh, don't get all mad at me or walk out, right? And be like, oh, this is church. They're, those churches, that's all they do, right? It's, it's, uh, we just so happen, right? We're going through Philippians. Uh, whenever I get up here, so it's been a while. Um, but 
we're ending Philippians. And in the end, if it, whenever the Bible talks about this much, we should, we should teach this much, right? When the Bible's talking about this much about a certain topic, then we should just teach about that much. And that's always a good little principle that I've, I've learned and, and I kind of stuck with. And so, uh, today's just one of those things, right? It's, it's really tough for me, uh, to give this to you guys. So don't be too, rough on me too, okay? So I'll try not to be rough on you. Um, but Paul's dealing with the very practical issue here in giving our time, giving our money, giving our resources uh, onto the Lord, uh, to those who are in need. And if you guys have your bulletin, use a little insert with the little outline. If you want to take notes, you can. It should be in your bulletin. But we're going to look at eight ways we can see joy in giving, according to verse 10 to 23. And number one, it involves opportunity. It involves opportunity. The church in Philippi desired to help Paul and, and to give their resources to Paul uh, to further the ministry uh, through the, the gospel that Paul was giving, right? Through the ministry that God called him to, they wanted to come alongside and support him in that area. And the problem was, Paul was a pretty slippery guy. I mean, he... Uh, he went to all kinds of places, right? I was going to give you guys every place, but I was like, ah, that sounds too fancy. I'll just give you a picture. Here's, he went all over the place. And, and so he's a slippery guy. So Paul was constantly on the move. And now Paul, though, is in prison, uh, there in the Roman guardhouse, according to chapter one. And he's finally in one place. He could finally be tracked down. And, and so, uh, on the previous accounts, they, lacked opportunity. Look at verse 10. It says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last, right, your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. It wasn't that they didn't want to give. They wanted to give onto him and just bless him, but they couldn't track him down. Every time they sent a message out, where is he? Oh, he was here, but he just left. Oh, <laughs> and he just kept taking off all over the place. Uh, but now they have opportunity. And the point is, there's joy in giving when, when we see opportunities before us. We need to be open to and be looking for those opportunities uh, that really God puts before us. And, and so that we can meet the needs of other people and we can give what we have to other people, right? Some of you guys are cringing right now. You're like, I don't like you. But, you know, in the jobs that we have and the duties that we've been given, uh, it's not a waste of time, but it's opportunity. Look at the opportunity. Uh, you're at work. Is there non-believers around you? Share the gospel with them. You know, is there believers and non-believers? Who cares? Go up to them and say, hey, how can I pray for you? You know, look for opportunities and take advantage of it. Uh, are they in the break room and they're just like, oh, you know, just so bored right now and be like, hey, can I read a, a chapter in Psalms or a chapter in Proverbs to you and just read the word. Don't you don't have to be some fancy, you know, evangelist, um, but let the word of God be the evangelist, you know, and let him and the power of his word just impact those people's lives. And he will. But as you look for those opportunities, it's a blessing to others. I know um, for me, oh man, I don't know when it was, but uh, I was in Arizona years ago, and I'm driving in my 1994 Mitsubishi Eclipse, right? I used to live in my car back in the day, and uh, for, I don't know, probably about a year, and, and I'm just thanking the Lord. I'm praising the Lord. I don't know if you guys had that those, those times where you're just driving, you're, you're just worshiping the Lord, and you just have to pull over where it's just too intense, and you're like, I can't even drive right now, and I got out of my car, and I did that, and I, I in Arizona, we got, we got, you know, Tucson is surrounded by mountains. And I just got out of the car, and I'm just looking at the mountains and the clouds, and just it was just perfect. And I was just thanking the Lord for how great He was. And then right there, somebody pulled up right next to me, and I was like, "Whoa!" And the guy came out. He's like, "Hey, uh, you don't know me, but I know you." And and I just I've been wanting to give you this, and he gave me a little envelope, and I was like, "Oh, thank you." Yeah, that's weird. And he's then he just took off, and I was like, "Wow, that's." Thank you for the thank you card. And, you know, of course I open it up and it's a check for a thousand dollars, you know, and I was like, whoa, that's weird. And, uh, and I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's a blessing right there. Um, but I didn't really need it necessarily. So I got in my car, started driving and a cop pulls me over and I was like, man, what's that all about? And, and, uh, 
So he comes out, and he's like, you know, blah, 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 and, and, uh, and, uh, but it turns out he, so I had a, a, a suspended registration or something like that that I had no clue about, right? And it's been over a year that this has been, so I've been driving that I wasn't supposed to be driving for over a year, and uh, there was just some technical stuff involved with that. I got pulled over, and I, I didn't have, I had my insurance, but I couldn't, you know, show my insurance at the time, so I took it to the court, and so I thought it was all solved, you know, but they never told me that my stuff was still suspended, and uh, so I've been driving on it, and the guy was like, you know, I'm going to have to tow your car out of here. And I was like, no, because all everything I own is in my car at that time. And uh, so they towed it away. And, it, of course, you know, I, had, I took out a couple of my stuff, and I'm sitting right there. It's in the desert, right, in the middle of nowhere. And, of course, it starts raining. And, <laughs> and I'm like, of course it would be raining right now. I just, you know, I go, go home right now and uh, to my brother's house and, and uh, I was just feeling like, Lord, I just, I'm worshiping you at the highest point right now. And, and then what's going on? Like everything just got stripped away all of a sudden. And God, God was like, Hey, am I still good? Am I still great? And I was like, Yeah, of course you are, Lord. You're, you're good. And, uh, but so I go to court and all that stuff, right? I got to pay the, the pound and get my car out of the place. And, but so I got two bills. And then I added them up, both of these bills for all the court fees and then to get my car out of the, 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 the place, comes out to $1,000. God provides, you know, before you even realize that you needed it, and he saw and knew exactly what I needed. And so, uh, but that guy, God put that on that guy's heart. And why for that specific amount? I think the guy, I don't know who the guy, i never seen him again in my life, but um, but it's really cool how God provides, and God knows exactly. Same thing a couple months ago. Um, somebody gave us uh, $80, and I was like, whoa, $80, you know? And, and uh, my wife goes, uh, she just bought a brand-new tire and uh, at Walmart, and the side of the tire just blew up on me on the freeway. And, uh, and so she takes it in back to Walmart, and they're like, yeah, you can't have a new tire. And we're like, well, it's a defect. It's the side of the tire. It's not the middle, you know? It's the side, and it just blew up. And they're like, nope, you got to buy a new one. And she's like, what? We don't have that money. And, and then she called me, and I was like, oh, we got it. Praise the Lord. How much is the tire? And she's like, $80. And I was like, we got it. Hey, $80. And and uh, I could go on and on, but God, God provides. Yeah, praise the Lord. God is good. Uh, but he, he keeps providing and he does that. But look for opportunity, you know, and from, it's a blessing from both, uh, sides there, right? From the, the giver and the receiver, uh, are both gonna be blessed. And really God receives worship from both of them, right? Obviously if you're receiving it, you're like, ah, right? It's the, it's the gratefulness and the awe. And, and we already have the same, gratefulness and awe struckness when you give onto the Lord. And I'm not just talking about money, okay? You guys can sit down now. It's all right. Calm down, right? Not just money, but in all of your giving and whatever it is you're giving. When we were worshiping the Lord right now, did you have that aweness before the Lord? And whatever area God has gifted you in, uh, are you in awe as you're using that gift before the Lord? Or are you trying to receive it for yourself? Are you trying to get the America's, you know, spotlight talent show thing and, and be all about you? But what is it that you're doing and are you giving it on to the Lord and what you have? And, you know, it's not a lack of opportunity but for others, but it's a, a lack of concern, uh, really, that we have for others. And, and wherever we go, whatever we do, we should be giving on to others. And people are not obstacles, but people are opportunities, right? Some people, they see that guy come in and they're like, oh, it's that guy. Here he comes, that guy again. But instead, it should be like, oh, here comes that guy again. Yeah, right? And, and that's kind of the idea that you can go and you can bless them instead of going and be like, oh, they're always in need and they're just, oh, and I'm not saying, uh, obviously use discernment, right? I don't know the situation that's going on in your life, right? You can be enabling people to stay in their situation. I'm not saying by any means to do that, but, but be a blessing and giving on to the Lord. Let go, let God, right? It's kind of my little theology there. Just when you give it, give it on to the Lord and, and however that person uses it. It's up to them before the Lord, because it is of the Lord's, right? And, and uh, whatever they do with that. But anyways, um, let's come to the second thing here. It involves 
contentments. Contentment. Oh, there's a word for us, right? Uh, in verse 11, it says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned, Paul says, in whatever state I am, to be content. In verse 12, for I know, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound and everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. This guy was on an island stranded. This guy, uh, he's, he's been in the fullness, you know, where there's, you know, a bunch of abundance and he's been in the opposite where there's nothing and, and he's been in starvation and fasting and shipwrecked and, uh, he went through a lot of stuff, but being content with wherever you're at, with whoever you're with, uh, whatever you, you have, right? Whatever state you find yourself in, right? Wisconsin, right? Or Hawaii, or wherever it is, wherever you find your, if only I lived in Arizona, right? Or it's all nice and hot. Um, be content with where God has you. Just calm down, right? We need to be content in any state, whether it's in poverty, whether it's in prosperity, or whatever God is doing in and through you, be content in knowing that God is doing something in and through you, right? And and it's pretty obvious in those things in your life that you realize God's doing something here. Whether he takes away, God, what are you doing, right? Whether he gives to you, God, what are you doing, right? <laughs> Just recognize it's God, right, in all things. And and question, how do we be content in any state that we find ourselves in? Um, know carefully, family, that contentment is something that is learned. Notice in verse 11, it says, I have learned to be content. And notice twice he mentions this. Look at verse 12. I have learned both to be full and hungry, both to abound and suffer need. So at the, at some points in our, our lives, God gives us a lot. And some points in our lives, God gives us a little. And and sometimes we're full, sometimes we're empty. And, and God's just doing a work in our lives. And why does God allow us to go through the ups and the downs, the bumps and the bruises, the trials and the tribulations, you know? Why is he allowing all that stuff? Well, it's to teach us to be content. You know, with where we're at, with what we have, with, you know, who we're with, you know, and, and our contentment is not based in our situations and circumstances, in our physical wellness, but it's based on Jesus Christ, right? Are you content with knowing that Jesus Christ is your Lord? Is he really your Lord and Savior, you know? It really, uh, it shows at those points in your life, whether you're, you really are a believer or whether you're not a believer. If you're not a believer, of course you're going to be like, ah, I'm not content, right? If only I had this and that. But as believers, we're looking onto Jesus, right? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Somewhere. Oh, there it is. Um, it says, looking on to Jesus. He's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. And, and you will be content in whatever state that you find yourself in as you're looking to Christ Jesus in all things. And when you realize this, you realize God is in complete control all the time. He's working it all together for his plan and for his purpose and for his desire and, and not yours. <laughs> but as you, as a believer, are in his word, you begin to realize that he, you're working according to his desire and his purpose and his plan. And it is your desire. It becomes your desire. And, and, and now whatever you ask he, in his name, that's the idea there, right? He'll do it because it's in his name. He's already doing it. Um, you know, oftentimes we lack contentment because, well, we wish we had more. If only I won the lottery, man. If only I, you know, had a better spouse, oh, a better job, a better car, a better, you guys get the idea, right? Where they look to others and, and if, if only, right? That's the little fiery dart of the wicked one right there. And, but if you're not content, you're going to fall for all these things. In Psalm 23, Ah, there it is. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You're not going to be in wants if the Lord is your shepherd. You see, uh, I, I will not be in want because it is Christ. He's enough. He is enough. Jesus, you know, it's, it's, uh, just give me Jesus. You know, like that song, right? It, it, you can have it all. You can have the world. You can have it. You want it? It's yours. Just give me Jesus. And I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm content in who he is. And, and I love the Lord. Um, I remember as a kid, um, 
And I just looked over at the little, I, I call them agape boxes. I don't know what you guys call them, but at our, I, I grew up in a Calvary chapel too, and I was a little, uh, I'm still this big, but uh, I was littler. And, and my brother, my older brother, he came up to me and he's like, Josh, come here. And I like came, I was like, what? What is it? And we're in the sanctuary. It's after church. Everybody's gone. And he's all, put your hand in there. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Put your hand in there. Grab the money. And I was like, oh, what? He's like, just do it. And I just put my hand in there and I grabbed some money. And then one of the usher guys came up. Hey, what are you guys doing? And I was like, ah! <laughs> and, but my greediness, right? I, I was stuck and he came closer and closer and I couldn't get out. And uh, he came up to me. He's like, what are you doing? And he, he knew exactly what was happening. And he took opportunity to, to give me a little teaching right there. And the whole time I'm crying and, and I'm like falling apart. And then when he was done talking to me, he's like, hey, just just let go of, of the money. And I was all, oh. <laughs> My hand was stuck the whole time. And oh, man. Um, so greediness, man, it's going to keep you just going and going for yourself, but you're going to find yourself in trouble every time. Uh, but God knows what you need and he's going to provide what you need, right? He's our sustainer. And, and so, um, number three, let's come to the third thing. It involves confidence. Let, notice in verse 13. Well, actually don't look at verse 13. What does it say? I can do some things. I can do all things. What? Through Christ who strengthens me. We all know this. If you don't know it, you, you should learn it. But I can do all things, whether I'm in a state of poverty or whether I'm in a state of prosperity. I can do all things with or without because it's Christ Jesus who sustains me. And we can be confident in giving since, since it's through Jesus Christ. And, and uh, understanding that everything that we are um, giving it's, it's on to the Lord when we help others, right? But you're giving on to the Lord. You're not giving on to the person. If you are, then, you know, they probably earned it in that sense. But, but give, when you give, give on to the Lord in whatever it is you're giving. So it's only through his sufficiency, though. Notice 2 Corinthians 3, 5. It says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but the, the spirit for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. You know, Jesus said in John 15, he said uh, somewhere. Oh, well, you guys are going to just, I'll just read it to you. There it is. It says, uh, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I and him bears much fruit, for without me, you can do, yeah, let's try that again, you can do, that's right, good job guys, apart from Christ, you can do nothing, right, but through Christ, you can do all, and so since you're receiving, oh, and by the way, you're receiving his strength and his power, right, Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by my might, nor by power, but by his spirit, right, says the Lord of hosts. So true joy can be found when you give, not with the, from your flesh, right, and through your flesh, uh, but onto Christ and in his spirit. You know, the Living Bible, and that, don't quote me on it, I never quote, I never read the Living Bible, but I read some different translations of this verse, and I like what they said. They said, uh, in Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything God asked me to do or to to with the help of Christ who gives me the strength and the power. So you can do all things but because of Christ and because of what he can uh, really generate through you because of him, not because of you. And, and uh, so let's come to the fourth thing here. Joy in giving also involves sharing. It also involves sharing. Notice in verse 14, it says, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. You see, Paul wasn't asking for any help. Paul was building, he was making his own tents. He had his own business. He didn't, he didn't, 
need anything, right? But yet they still provided for him. They knew all the, 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 what comes and the cost and everything. He's going to new places and, and business is tough, you know? You, know, you just come to a new place and you just, you don't just start selling right away. And, and there's, you know, hotel cost or I don't know. And so they want to just provide for him. Hey, you're going to need food too. And here you go. And so he wasn't asking anything and yet they still gave. But the Philippians, we're sharing two things with Paul. And these two things I didn't put in your notes. But number one was distress. Notice in verse 14. Uh, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. And they shared in his opposition and his troubles and his persecutions, and if you will. And, and what does it mean that they shared in Paul's distress? It can mean that they were partakers of Paul's distress and troubles and persecutions uh, that they whereas they knew exactly what he was going through uh, since they themselves uh, have been through it as well Uh, or it could mean that they were simply sympathetic to Paul's troubles they were displayed they displayed great empathy toward Paul and and either either or right understand uh what they understood what Paul was going through and so Paul knew he was not alone so that you know he had great joy they had great joy in giving to Paul and and in the fact uh, that they understood his distress Paul was not alone he knew that they were right there with him hey Paul we know you're going through this we're here with you as well and I love that about our church you know we we, we go through some tough times and but we we can we have a shoulder to cry on you know we can go to each other we can we can ask prayer with, from each other and I love that about the women and the men here of our church where we come together and we can bring our our stuff to you know at the table and and then we have each other to, to lift it up before the Lord you know and it's so cool I love it uh, but what a joy it is when we're when we go through tough times you know and and uh Imagine if you didn't have somebody there with you, you know, to go through the tough times. Another believer, uh, you know, the world's going to be like, oh, you'll get over it. Or, you know, they give you all this other stuff. Oh, you just got to look deep down in your hearts. And you're going to be like, wait, the Bible says my heart is evil and disgusting and there's nothing good in there. And what are you talking about? It just, see, the, 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 the counsel of the world, it just, you know, it doesn't work anymore when you become a believer. And, uh, but we have each other and we're, we're also not alone because God's with us. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, let your conduct be without covetousness, be content, there's our word, with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love that about Jesus. And Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but he was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. God knows exactly what you and I are going through and have been through. He knows everything. He's, he's able to sympathize with us. He knows everything. So Matthew 28, 20 is really cool too, where it says, uh, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. But Lord, do you want me to go and give them this? You want me to go to preach the gospel to all the world? Oh, right? That idea of it alone is just like you start trembling within yourself. You're like, oh, I can't. Man, he's like, I'm with you. <laughs> oh, oh, rest assured, right? You're not alone. He's with you. That should give you the, the you know, everything that you need is in him. And he's with you. I mean, he's... I don't know how to explain that. It's just, it's just kind of, you know, he's, he's everything that we need. Uh, secondly, they, they also shared with Paul in aid. Notice in verses 14, 15, and 16, that, that, word, that word share means to join in partnership, right? They, they wanted to join in partnership with Paul, and, and they gave their wealth to Paul to join the ministry of Paul. And, and wherever, you know, we, whether we're full, whether we're whatever it is, or, or we can come alongside each other, you know, whether you have nothing, you can still come alongside each other uh, in, in, uh, in helping each other through, hey, I'll pray for you, you know? It's amazing uh, that if you have somebody uh, praying for you in ministry, that to me is priceless. You, I don't care about the financial stuff like that. Hey, God provides, you know, he, he can use a fish's mouth, you know, <laughs> he can provide, but, but prayer, I mean, that's something you don't,
don't really have from others. And, and to me, I look at that as like the, the biggest thing I could ever be given as a gift, you know? Christmas is coming up, pray for me, you know? <laughs> but, but it's all about, I love it, it's just, it's, it's the Lord. So, uh, and they, so they gave to Paul, you know, according to verse 18. And 16, um, they did give to Paul. And so two ways we can give and share in the giving of our wealth to others is, number one, we, we, we look at it individually. You know, as we share our tithes and offerings to the church, you know, obviously, uh, you guys are receiving God's word, where if you're feeling convicted of your sin, if you're, you're feeling, you know, compelled to be more righteous, that's the work of the Holy Spirit, by the way. He convicts you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And he'll, he'll, uh, he'll lead you closer to himself. And if, if this is the church, and obviously you're here, but some of you guys are not from here, and you guys have your own churches, wherever it is, God has been ministering to you, you should, uh, uh, join in partnership in that sense and sharing and coming alongside with them there. Um, so we need to give cheerfully though. And, and that's the idea here. In 2 Corinthians 9 7, it says, uh, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give your time or money, or whatever it is, I'm not just talking about money, uh, or, you know, to the body of Christ grudgingly. Don't give grudgingly. If you feel forced or compelled, don't do it. One thing that I do and my, my wife, before we go to a, any Christian event, I don't know why Christians do this all the time, but there's always some kind of, you know, sympathetic, like emotional thing, and then there's the money for it, right, that they, they ask for. And of course, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll take it all, you know, here you go. And and so one thing that we do is we, we pray before we go to this event, and then we will, okay, this is how much we'll give, you know, and we just kind of know it's coming. I don't know why they do that, but they're like, oh, before we keep going in the show, we just want to tell you guys about, and it's going to cost $2,000 or whatever it is, right? So I encourage you guys to pray before you guys go to a Christian concert or whatever it is. Um, so you, yeah, anyways, but, but so that now you're giving a, a cheerful, right? You're not giving out a necessity. You're not, cause people know how to give in teachings too, right? They, they know how to sway the people with an emotional type story. And, you know, if you don't give to God, he's going to burn this church down and we're going to lose it all. And then you got to give. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, I'll help God, you know, like, what? God doesn't need your money and he doesn't need your help. He, he's God. <laughs> he's, he's God. He knows what he's doing. So, uh, God, uh, he, he, he doesn't, yeah. So if you're, if you're teaching, if you're leading in worship, uh, if you're involved in any ministry, and if you feel that you have to give, don't. Don't. Because you're not giving it out of all and, and, uh, uh, with the cheerful heart, right? But if it's in grudgingly and you're like, oh, I gotta go to church, you know, I gotta go do this. Don't do it. Get out of the way. You're stinking the place up, right? Get out of there. Uh, give with your heart onto the Lord. That's what's beautiful about the church. And that's why when people come to church, they, they see that love of Christ, that it abounds, right? And they come to the Lord because of that. It's because of God's goodness that salvation is found in people's lives. Not because you're trying and trying to be some kind of job, right? And they're like, if only I keep doing this, I'll be, you know, promoted to this thing. Um, you know, we're not really looking at you guys to, to get into positions of any sort. God's looking at you, and he knows the position he wants for you. It may be the least in God, man's eyes, but it's the best in God's eyes for you, because he created you for that. And he's supplied you what you need for that, whatever area that is in. So uh, give on to the Lord, because it's already the Lord's. You know, if you ever feel from any church organization, um, you know, uh, that you're being manipulated in any way, don't give. Just don't do it. Um, and so if they're using your emotions, you know, in that sense, uh, to give to the poor, it's a wrong thing to do. So that's why we don't pass the, the plate here every single Sunday and we're like, you know, we got, let's pass it again, guys. And, you know, we don't do that. Some people feel pressured, you know, in, into giving and, and there's that grudgingly feeling and, and, uh, or it comes down and some people do the opposite extreme, right? Where they just make this whole scene about it and they're like, let me write this check out and kind of, woo, just slowly put it in the plate. Did you see that? Okay. Okay. Whoa. 
ugh, you know? Um, no, we, we have, you know, the boxes in the back. And I love that about Calvary, too, where, where people are like, well, how do you give to the church? You know? <laughs> and be like, well, if you don't know, don't worry about it. You know, because if, if, you, if you've been here for a while and, and the Lord's been doing a work, you'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> we got online. We got the little hidden boxes in the back. And we don't want you to be making a scene about it, right? Get out of the way, everybody. Whoop. I'm just, you know. Giving to God, everybody, you know, it's what I do every single time I come to church. And, you know, it's where's the blessing going there? You just robbed yourself. You didn't give anything to God. In Second Kings chapter 12, King Johash of Judah, he started rebuilding the temple. And in the priest of Jeho- Jehoiada, he took some wooden boxes, right, a chest, and he put holes in it uh, on the top of the box so the children of Israel could give freely unto the Lord. And, and not out of compulsion, but out of duty, or, or duty, I should say, but out of love for their God. And that's kind of the idea and why we adopted that kind of, you know, make a box and just put it there and, and, uh, you give without anybody seeing it, you know, and my thing, I love giving online. That's just, you just, you know, it's hidden, nobody knows and, or, or, uh, you throw it in the box when no one's here and it's just, it's a blessing. So number three, or, uh, well, not really on your notes, but we need to give spiritually, you know, make sure you're giving onto the Lord when you give, you know, and, uh, give and let go, just let, give it to the Lord. Uh, and before we need to give totally, you know, give totally onto the Lord, give, uh, people want to know how much, you know, they should give on to the Lord, and I'll tell them all of it. <laughs> Don't throw your Bibles at me, right? But when you realize it's all the Lord's, you know, uh, then, then your spending habits are going to change. Your eating habits are going to change, right? And giving habits are going to change. Everything's going to change when you realize it's all God's anyways. And Psalm 24 it says that uh, the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Hey, God, if you do this, I'll give you this little gold nugget. You know, I saw, really? You want to give me dirt? <laughs> he owns it all. You know, it's nothing special to him. He doesn't care about what you have. It all belongs to the Lord. In 1 Corinthians six nineteen, it says, there it is. Um, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from who? God. And you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So even our bodies belong to the Lord. And, and we have this idea that after all the bills are paid and, and then I have a little bit for myself, uh, then, you know, I'll give a little bit to the Lord is kind of the idea. And it's not how much you give to the Lord, uh, but uh, I think it was Chuck Smith that said this, but it's how much you dare hold back from the Lord. Oh, right. Uh, I think it was, uh, oh, I should have wrote this down. The Quaker Oats guy. I think that was the guy, but uh, don't quote me on that. But he gave 90% of his ties to the Lord, and he lived off of 10%. Um, so check it out. I think that's the guy who did it. Um, but anyways, we, so it's, it's, uh, it's not how, so it all belongs to the Lord, right? I don't have to keep going on that. Let's go to the next point here. Secondly, that was all for sharing individually, right? And, and so the second thing here in your notes is, let's look at when it, what it means to share corporately. Uh, as the church, we, we realize all of our spending needs to be onto the Lord, right? And we have, you know, missions funds, the benevolence fund, and all that stuff. We recognize the need, you know, to give in, 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 uh, whatever is furthering the kingdom of God. And, and, uh, so we're, we're to give individually and corporately as the church, you know, but giving onto the Lord in, in how you give. And honestly, I have no clue how much the church makes. So don't think I'm up here trying to like do anything. Cause I, I think we're good. I, I don't know. Dwight's never came up to me and be like, guess what? We don't have money. You know? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how we're doing at, at all. So they didn't tell me anything. Uh, but this is just a, a text that we're coming across in Philippians, and I'm doing it. So I'm either in trouble or not. I don't know. Uh, let's come to the fifth thing here. It involves a benefit. Look at verse 17. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Realize that the motive behind teaching about money is not to get you know, it's, it's to benefit you and me. You know, we, when we understand 
the benefit of giving. Some churches teach on money because they just want your money. That's, that's their motive and that's the intent and that's why they're doing it. But, uh, the only reason we teach on it is because we come across it in scripture, you know? And so we also teach on it to add to your, the fruit of your account, basically. Because that when you give, God, you're, you're, you're there's something happening there. It's, there's kind of a reward thing going on. Uh, and it's not, I don't want to go too far on that. But it's true that when you do give, you get back. You know, Jesus said in uh, Luke 6, 38, he says, Give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, all, will be put into your account. For with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. And I think of my calling and teaching when I read this, giving, you know, understanding, giving the knowledge of God's word. The Bible says, you know, uh, buy the truth and don't sell it. That's why I'm against, you know, making any type of profit for, for what God's called me to in, in the ministry God's called me to. Why? Why make profit off of it? I just, I don't know. There's a lot of people that do that and it's, it's okay in America, but... I just, personally, I just convicted, and I don't want to do that at all. But uh, we should give it freely, you know, that others may produce that fruit, and they should could be blessed as well. So I'm not trying to teach you guys some health, wealth, prosperity gospel, by the way. I'm not trying to teach you this blab it and grab it theology, right, where, you know, name it and claim it, and there it is, and if you just say it, then it appears, and there's power in your words, and I'm not saying any of that wackiness. Um, but, what well, you know... Um, I realized when I was a kid, when I when I gave to the Lord, I, I did a landscaping job, got ripped off on it, right? They gave me, I think it was like $10. I was out there for like six hours. And, uh, and, uh, and I was like, oh, Lord, you know, but thank you. I got something out of it. And I came to church, and I was a little kid, right? And I, I was like, hey, I got money now. I did my first job. I can, like, give money to the Lord. And I was, like, thinking in my head, how much could I give to the Lord? And I was like, I'll just give it all to the Lord, you know? And I gave it all, and it was only like 10 bucks. But uh, I walk over to the coffee shop, and then uh, somebody was like, oh, you know, the Lord put on my heart to give this to you, and here you go. And it was $20. And I was like, whoa, I just doubled. I gave it to the Lord, and God hooked me up. And, and what if I would have just kept that going? I don't give that back to the Lord. I'd be a millionaire probably, right? I like this thing, but hey, maybe. But, but uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's a good principle. As you give, God gives back, right? Be, but be careful not to give to get, okay? Don't give thinking you'll get back with interest or with favor. Um, give with thinking that you're going to get nothing back in return, right? And so let's come to the sixth thing here. There's joy in giving, but involves sacrifice. Notice in verse 18, it says, Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. So it's a sacrifice. Interesting, since he he's locked up in Rome, not sure, you know, if he's going to live, not sure if he's going to die. And, and the church of Philippi gave sacrificially and it's easy for us to give when we have an abundance of wealth uh you know but they gave out of their sacrifice out of their hard-earned money and and king david understood this in second samuel 24 when uh you know david he had numbered the children of israel and he shouldn't have done that and god was his anger was aroused against david and god gave david three choices of punishment and then david just said lord you choose whatever it is and so god did choose and and god sent a plague and david repented got uh he got right with the lord and and he wanted to offer god a sacrifice and and a guy offered david hey you can have my oxen you could have you know the wood you could have the sacrifice the threshing floor all that stuff and and david said in second samuel 24:24 he said uh then king the king said to our our Aruna, uh, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which cost me nothing. And so David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. See, David realized that giving was a sacrifice. You see, worship 
without a sacrifice isn't really worship. You know, giving uh, as a sacrifice is worship unto the Lord. And that's, we should always be glorifying God and worshiping God in all that we do, right? Heartily unto the Lord. And if it doesn't cost you anything, then what did it, what did it matter? You know what I mean? So, uh, Real giving involves sacrifice. And when Jesus was in the temple treasury in Luke 21, verse 1, he saw that the rich men were putting in a lot of money into the treasury. And then he saw a poor widow who gave two mites. It's like two pennies, right? Like, ding. And, and, and Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, um, he says, so he said, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all, for all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God, but she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. So it didn't cost the rich man anything to give. He just, oh, here, I got some money. I'll give you some money. But it cost the widow everything that she had. She, out of her uh, the abundance of her heart, right, she gave her livelihood to the Lord. And when we give, it's worship unto the Lord, right? And if you don't know um, Jesus in your heart today, you can give your livelihood, in a sense, to the Lord. By surrendering your life to the Lord, you can truly today learn this principle of giving to the Lord and what is acceptable, you know. And But but not just at the point in the very beginning that you give your life to the Lord, and most of you guys have given your life to the Lord, but it's a continual daily thing, isn't it? You get up in the morning, you got to die to yourself daily. And if you're not, you know the flesh takes over, and it's just like it's it's it gets ugly, right? So we gotta we gotta die to ourselves. So seventh thing is it involves need. Notice in verse nineteen and twenty, it says, "And my God shall supply all your need." according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not, now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, so notice carefully he says, he does not say he will provide for all your greed. Right? <laughs> you like that? Um, not, not for what you want to buy or what you need. By the way, the word need right here is in the singular, or it's, uh, yeah, it's singular. It's not plural. It doesn't say needs with the S, right? I hear people misquote this all the time. Apparently there is one need that we need. And, and, and there's two views about that. The first view is, uh, speaking of our greatest need, it's Jesus Christ, right? Uh, we don't need anything or anyone. We just need Jesus. And the second view is that he's speaking of our immediate need and and whatever you need right now uh god will meet that need in exodus chapter 3 uh moses was uh well he went from egypt after killing that guy went to median uh then god called him uh there in the burning bush right he's seeing the burning bush before the lord and the lord calls him go to pharaoh and tell him let my people go right <laughs> like the movies and and he's okay lord i'll let you say let your people go and and uh, to pharaoh and but who do i say sent me who do i say who well god says uh his name right here he says and god said to him moses uh i am who i am and he said thus you shall say to the children of israel i am has sent uh, you to me so that is god's name it's not a noun by the way it's a verb it's an action word right so god says i'll be whatever you need me to be i'll be your strength i'll be your salvation I'll be your provider. I'll be your sustainer. I'll be, I, I, I am, I'm God, he says. And, and, uh, I gotta breathe here. Um, the, whatever God, whatever, he'll be whatever you, he, he's there for you, right? Whatever your need is, he's enough for you. And understand that if you don't have it, then you don't need it. You know, it's, it's, you, you don't need it if you don't have it. Only after you had it, do I need it, right? I, I know that because look at verse 19, it says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So sometimes your, your need may be to have nothing, and that's good. You know, whatever it may be, he is your need and he'll provide for you. So don't think that you need certain things. Maybe you don't need those things, you know. And so uh, let's come to the eighth thing here. Let's uh, finish up with this. It involves greeting. Uh, look at verse 21. It says, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those 
who are of the household of Caesar, right? Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Uh, so remember in Philippians 1, he's in the guardhouse, Paul, and he's uh, chained to a, a Roman soldier, basically. Uh, there is joy in giving our kind words to the Lord. So it, it not only involves what we do, but what we say. And, and, uh, Maybe you, you can't do certain things to help others out, but maybe you can teach them. Maybe you can share some knowledge with them. Maybe you can encourage them. Maybe you can train them. And, and uh, you know, I'm encouraged. I, just this week, we got a card in the mail, and it's just like, you know, it was just an encouragement. Somebody from the church is just like, hey, thank you, you know, for what, who does that? You know, I was like, I looked at my wife, I was like, how could we don't do that? How cool is that? You know, if you guys ever gotten just a random card, it's not your birthday. And, and it's just like, hey, thank you for, you know, the, what God's doing in your life. We're great. And I was like, oh man, it's just, it's like your heart's way up here and it just gets crushed, right? And it's just like an ocean of just like, oh Lord, who are we? Like, how cool is that? Um, but anyways, um, note carefully in verse 23 that Paul was giving them something. What, what was it? It's grace. It's charis. That's our word right there. Um, grace. Um, and this word is used 156 times in the New Testament. Uh, it means unmerited favor, right? Getting what we don't deserve. And, and so get the picture. Here's Paul having joy in giving grace to the Philippians. And he was giving them what they do not deserve. And wow, you, you know, you know, now, now we have great joy in, uh, when we give to other people, uh, let me slow down there. I was trying to read my notes, but that's why I shouldn't have notes. But we have great joy when we give to people who deserve to be given to, right? They've earned it. And so when you give it to them, you're like, here you go. You, you deserve it, man. I got great joy when I give to you. But what happens when you give to somebody who doesn't deserve it with great joy, right? Here you go. Here you go. Yeah. You know, praise the Lord for it. And, and I think that's the idea that I caught right here at the very end. That, you know, whatever you're giving, it should be given to the Lord. And, and, uh, be careful, you know, to give to those who not only deserve it, but give them grace. Grace, they don't deserve it. How many times do we give to those that don't deserve it? You know, and, and that's a big one for me because, oh, they need help again. <laughs> they don't deserve it. You know, but, oh, God, grant me grace for them. And, oh, and God's all, grace? You want grace? You know what grace is? I want you to bless them now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but, but it's a blessing, you know, and, and then uh, now it's a joy because you're like, oh, Lord, I'm giving on to you and not them. That's great. I didn't realize. Okay. But, but, uh, so do the same thing, you know, give with joy to them, you know, when you give. And we should have that same joy in giving to them whether they deserve it or not. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you so much again for your word. And thank you that uh, we're able to uh, just bless you, Father, through the things that you've given us. Help us not to uh, look at things with greediness in our eyes or pride and in thinking that we've gotten what we have because of who we are. Uh, but Lord, help us to be content, Father, to see you as you are and to know who you are, Father, that you are the great I am. And I thank you uh, that truly, Lord, you do provide and you know what you're doing. You're in control of this world. And uh, may we not be shaken by the current events or by the circumstances we're going through, Lord, uh, but may you grant us the grace that we need, Lord. The, you're the great sustainer, Father. You provide, and uh, Lord, you know what you're doing. So thank you. We trust in you. Thank you for being the great shepherd uh, and, and just watching over our need, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.